Hello there. This is 633 Podcast. Why do we call it that? Because we believe Matthew 633 that says, Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I'm Sharon McComb, Certified Life Coach, and I have partnered with Faith Coach Kimberly Bellrose to wake up the believer on the inside of us to be living like we believe. Kimberly hosts her own episodes called Wake Up. They follow her journey with the Message Bible, with her ear open to Holy Spirit's revelation and breakthrough for our lives. I also have my own episodes called Checkmate, where I discuss the many ways that we can get stuck in life, like we're in Checkmate. I use my experience and tips um, to share how we can tackle these stuck points and move forward. But today is our co-hosting episode called Coaching Works, where we team up to bring an awareness of this profession of coaching and we testify that it can help anyone with anything. So to with me today is my co-host, Kimberly. How are you doing, Kim? I'm good. God is at work as usual. No doubt. Um, And we're going to show some of that in today's episode, we're going to do another troubleshooting episode. Um, If you've listened to our podcast before, um, we have done one troubleshooting episode, which I thought went really well. So we want to do it again. So each of us have come today with two stuck points that either we've experienced ourselves or we know others have experienced. And we're going to just share our tips and our insights on ways that we would tackle that as a coach with our clients to help you get unstuck. So um, because Kimberly does things from a faith perspective, um, and I do things from a, a, a certified coaching perspective with faith put in, yes. um, we're going to show how each one of us would handle this from our different coaching styles. Yes. So Kimberly, do you want to bring up your first point first? Sure. Um, I've decided in this episode to really focus on the faith part um, for my stuck points. So as I, as I prayed and, and thought about what my experience has been with uh, talking with people, what their stuck points are, I think my number one is even in our faith, we get stuck in an overwhelm feeling, um, like a whirlwind in your faith. And, you know, it brings in waves of doubt and unbelief. And was that really God? Am I unsure? Um, You know, it can be just so busy that we've... um, you know, I just, there's just this overwhelming faith feeling that you're drowning and you don't know where God is in the middle of it. I hear it over and over again from many people, this feeling of overwhelm. And it's just like, where is God? Mm. I'm drowning. I've been there. And that's one of the many things as a faith coach that I can take someone's hand and have taken people's hand. And we just 
bring that peace back because God's always there. He never moved. He's always in it. He's always right there. It's just that as human beings, we have a tendency to look through whatever's creating the chaos. And we have a tendency to um, kind of walk with fear for a little while. Focusing on the chaos. Yeah. Yeah. And and it is so helpful um, to have someone to just listen to you. You know, have you heard of that term brain dump? (laughs) I have. You know, and what a brain dump is, is that you just dump everything out on paper, usually, that is in your head. You know, all of these things. And that's kind of how a coaching session would happen when you're stuck in an overwhelm. Mm -hmm. Is that, you know, your faith's in there. God is right there. He's never left you. Let's just dump out. Just put everything out there of what has you in the overwhelm. And then, you know, God is so good. And he is the ultimate coach, like I keep saying over and over. And when you are pouring it out, he's right there shining. And a peace suddenly comes and a, and a joy is restored. And there's hope again in that person and they see the way out of the overwhelm and so from a coaching perspective from your faith coaching perspective you would be the encourager absolutely then to get everything out on the table and ask questions sometimes you know like we've said our questions are our tools that's right we use them to dig and we use them to pick so i would probably approach that same problem. Yes. Um, from a very similar perspective. Overwhelm um, definitely gets you stuck. You know, you feel like you're pushed into a corner with, with no clear view of how to get out. And from that perspective, uh, you can't see anything positive. You can't see where you're at even. Yes. Um, and so what a coach would do what I would do in that situation and it sounds like you're kind of on the same page there that our job then would be to sit you down and say start in one spot you know um and then once you recognize that one thing that's got you in overwhelm uh, probably it's going to pour into the next thing and the next thing and as you are unloading or unpacking those things we're recording those things and so when you're all done and, and I can say to you as a coach, is there anything else that you feel, you know, burdened by or not in control of, you know, and you can finally get to the point where you say, no, I think that's all right. I'm going to guess you don't even remember what you've just told me <laughs> most of it, right? Yeah. You might remember one or two things, but I'm going to have a list as long as my arm yes. because that's what puts you in overwhelm. Right When you're past uh, what's manageable, which might be four or five or even maybe six things, to like 10 or 12 things, right? And, and so as a coach, then we go back and we say, okay, now that you've dumped it all, 
you know, how can God help you to put it all back into perspective? Yes. Right? So we're both going to take it from a God angle. I think you would handle it different than me, though. Yes. So where would you go from there? I would be helping the client and do help the, the, the people as to where do you think God is in this? Where, what do you think he's telling you? Um, what changed? You know, if God, if God told you to step out there, why did you go over here? Mm-hmm. Why haven't you stepped out there? Um, you know, so I believe if you're a believer, the spirit of the living God is talking to you. And I just want to hone in that and gain you clarity on to what that is. And often what happens is why the overwhelm came is because we often, usually we know we're in some kind of disobedience. We know we've been dragging our feet on something. And those that tiny little step sometimes, it's not always a great big thing that God said, you know, go right and I went left. It's not, very rarely is it ever a 90 degree turn. It's just 5%. Right. And then 10. And then 15. You know, and when you just change the degree by a degree that God is taking you somewhere, you get further and further and further away from whatever that course for you was. And then we are often quite a ways down that road, that road before we realize that we've missed it. Mm-hmm. And often what happens in that moment, uh, when we noticed we missed it, we also notice, hey, wait a minute, we miss God. And it can often take days, weeks, months before we realize that we moved away. Mm-hmm. And usually from my experience and, and from the people that I talk to, then we have, oh my gosh, we have these terrible feelings wash over us like waves of guilt and shame and regret and and God's not going to love me anymore and I really screwed up and and you know he's a good good father he's not like that right. and once we've recognized how far we are he's right there to take us back right it's just a matter of turning our eyes in a different direction that's right it's offering hope you know when I dig down through the overwhelm what's always there is hope right so you touched on something that i was going to mention and that is very often when you're in overwhelm um you a coach can help you see that really what overwhelms you is the very small details of it right yes you're focused on a very small point or many very small points Right. To keep your eyes off the priority or keep you keep your eyes off the big picture. Right. And so once you've dumped what's what's overwhelming you, then it's easier to see the big picture. Because, you're, you know, you're not looking at all the trees. You can see the whole forest. That's right. Right. So, I mean, I certainly would be pointing people in the direction of 
where's your focus on this issue been or this one or can you you know can you see how you were you know um what's that word um fixated on 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 this little wee point or sometimes it's not even the truth about that oh for sure for sure it's uh it's a a feeling yep that is misguided or a lie that you believe or something like that 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 gets you hung up yeah. And then, and then once you're hung up, everything else overwhelms you. So let's go on to the next point then. So yeah. hopefully that can help you. Hopefully that even just hearing that much um, can help you to understand that when you're in overwhelm, the biggest the biggest takeaway is if you're not going to get together with a coach, at least get sit down with God in a piece of paper Absolutely. and dump. Yes, right? yes, yes. Okay. So my first point. Um, and this is something that if, if you've listened to my podcast, you know that I'm going through right now. And <clears throat> that is that I battle with my weight. Um, I'm overweight. All my life, I have been a yo-yo dieter. Um, and so my stuck point that I want to bring to the table today is often, you know, I find I'm not the only one. Oh, for sure. Who battles weight. And it can be discouraging. And especially when you've tried diets and they don't work. You know, you've tried exercise. You've, you've tried every new fad. You know, Atkins and, and uh, Weight Watchers. Low Carb and Weight Watchers. Keto. And keto and all these things. And, and some, people even, some people even spend a lot of money. Yes. You know, on programs. And you just can't get on top of it. And so that becomes a stuck point. What, be, what is the stuck point that I want to talk about, though, is the discouragement and the despair that can happen when you just can't seem to take it off and keep it off. And I am not the only woman in that, that situation. I have experienced that despair. I have experienced the defeat. You know, and I got to the point where I convinced myself I was never going to lose weight. I'd tried enough. It's not going to happen. I just got to wrap my mind around the fact I'm going to be overweight forever. That's a hard place to be. And I do believe it's not a healthy place to be uh, physically. Um, It might help you mentally, but for a short term. So how do we get past that feeling of defeat. Um, I see it in my weight, but it might not be a weight problem for everybody. It might be, I can't stop smoking or um, whatever you're caught in that you just cannot beat and you get defeated, right? Um, So that's my first point. One of the ways that I think I would coach that um, is that very often, I believe, we're sabotaged by our own thoughts. Absolutely. Um, and, I mean, who, who knows, really? I think everybody knows that weight loss is all about your thinking. It's really not about what you put in your mouth. It's really not about how much exercise you get or how much water you drink 
or who you pay money to, to to encourage you to lose weight. It's about your own thinking. And I think a lie that most people are stuck in is that they don't have any control over what they think or feel. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. Um, I can't, you hear it all the time. I can't help what I feel. I can't help it if I'm hungry. I can't yeah. help it if that's not enough. That's right. Um, you know, it's just the way I think. You know? It's, it's not just the way you think. I mean, that's a lie. You have control over your thoughts. And you have control over your feelings. Your emotions. That's a hard thing for people to grasp. It's even harder to accept. Because it's a really good excuse. I was just going to tell you. Romans chapter 1, I think it is, that tells us that Jesus made a way that there are no excuses. Yeah. Yeah. I would handle that differently. I know you would. And we'll get to that. But I want to say, um, I would coach people to take a look at the, how they feel about themselves. Um, and the lies that they think about food, exercise. Yeah. Similar. You know, um, if we can change how we think about our body, how we think about food. I mean, I mean, society has embraced this idea because you hear the term comfort food all the time. Yes. Right? Embracing the lie that food brings us comfort. And so you wonder why we are a society of overweight people when people are trained to use food to comfort you, to um, be a social thing. All these, these things that food was never intended for in the first place, right? And if we can change our thinking around what the purpose of food is compared to what we use it for, that goes a long way. And so... Um, I just want to tell a little bit of a testimony. Because okay. I think... That it, sounds good to me. I think it will explain a little bit about how I would coach it. How I would lead a client to coach it. My issue was not food. My issue was cigarettes. Right. And many, many times I had quit smoking and started again. One time I was miraculously delivered from smoking. Um, I can remember my husband still smoked and I would like in the house and I could stand beside him and I would smell and smell. And I'm like, oh, no, I can't smell cigarette smoke. It was like God had me in a bubble for a couple of weeks, um, you know, and I had no cravings, but, um, I want to start with the fact that I started smoking when I was five years old. I was completely addicted by the time I was 11. Um, For my 13th birthday, all I wanted was permission to smoke in the house from my parents because I was so tired of hiding it and getting caught and getting into trouble. I couldn't wait to get to high school because there was a smoking room at the, you know, there was a smoking area. And when I went to high school and I could go there and not have to hide at school to smoke. Um, Anyways, so then I 
became a Christian at the age of 25. And the church people, the religious people, rose up against me. Um, I wouldn't I, I guess that's a little harsh. I apologize. Uh, but made me feel... Did they make me feel convicted or did they make me feel condemned? Right. Because I smoked. And you can't be a Christian and smoke cigarettes and do these things. Yeah, judgment always brings right? condemnation. So I began, when I became a Christian, I always read my Bible that God was talking to me directly. And, uh, and I believed what I read in there could happen for me today. And that, you know, if God talked to people... In Bible times, God can talk to people now. So I wasn't a Christian very long, and, and I came under this pressure of being a smoker. And uh, I was in confusion because uh, I received Christ because he loved me just as I am. And now I'm not okay. Um, so anyway, my very first vision was actually about cigarettes. And I saw this great big room, like a factory, and it had all these cardboard file boxes that people use for storage of files. And they all had things on them, right from the floor up. And they had things like unforgiveness and anger and insecurity and love and joy and, uh, you know, I, I don't know. There were all these words that I felt were more about emotions really. And um, on the very top of the pile was a package of Players Light cigarettes, which was my favorite brand. And I looked at it in kind of like, what am I seeing this for? You know, I'm not seeing it on the outside of the room, like a vision, like I was looking at a television set, but internally, uh, you know, if you can imagine how you would plant a flower bed, and yeah, what you like eye. where. Yeah, in yeah, your mind's eye. That's what was happening on the inside of me in my mind's eye. And so I'm looking in confusion at this pack of cigarettes on the top of the pile. And this hand came in from the top and took that package of Players Light cigarettes and put it at the bottom of the pile. And I didn't know the scripture very well at that point. And I heard... It's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but it's what comes out of his heart that defiles him. And I went to my Bible and found the scripture. And, you know, when you smoke, it's what's going into me, right? And all those other things were what was coming out of me. Uh, so, you know, fast forward, there was times I invested money, like you said, with dieting. And... I, um, you know, times that I went forward, I remember this woman telling me that I was supposed to lead a group and I said, I can't lead a house church because I smoked and well, let's deal with that right now. And so they gathered around me and ministered, and that was when I was miraculously delivered. Um, but I also got to tell you that, you know, one of the first times I quit smoking, um, I was in an abusive relationship and let's just say there was a, a really horrible instance and so I smoked again and another time I quit smoking my son was hit by a car day one uh, another time I quit smoking 
my daughter fell at school and broke her arm. Another time I quit smoking, I had an ultrasound for a pregnancy and the person said, yes, you're nine weeks pregnant, but your baby's dead. I smoked. Um, you know, when I was uh, really angry, I smoked. Um, when my first grandchild was born blue, I had been a non-smoker for two years. And um, my husband still smoked at the time. And he says, you know, when everything was calmed down and okay, he said, I I'm going out for a smoke. And I went, me too. Two years, I smoked. Um, so then I'm going to fast forward a little bit. So my husband had a health scare and he chose and had the willpower to quit smoking immediately. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm not. And I know part of my not was, number one, I needed it. Number two, I loved it. Number three, I was afraid of what would happen in my life <laughs> to take me back to it. Because every time a negative circumstance got me to smoke again. Right. So, so if afraid. I just don't smoke, yeah. it was you know, like daring right? something bad to happen. It's like I'm not, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous, but I'm like, I'm not daring the universe to bring something negative into my life again. Yeah. And so I didn't smoke much. I actually hid it at that point from my children, from my parents. Uh, my husband knew I smoked and very few other people. Um, anyway, so uh, about eight months later, my chiropractor had a Christmas gift and said, uh, you know, 12 days of Christmas. And the top prize was uh, blue laser therapy to quit smoking. I didn't win it. <laughs> but this older man won it. And he said he'd never smoked in his life. And he could either start to receive the <laughs> gift or gave it back to the chiropractor to give to somebody that he felt deserved it, earned it, needed it. So this was in December, and my chiropractor chose me. And he said, I'm not saying that you should quit smoking. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, whenever you need to, this is for you. I, he said, I don't care if it's five years from now, 10 years from now. If I don't do this, I will find somebody that does. But when you are ever ready... This is for you. And I said, I, I said to him straight up, I have no intentions. And so then, of course, God does what God does. And when it, you know, don't ever say never. Because something begins to happen and God begins to chip away or tap you on the shoulder or provoke you into changing your heart and your mind. So that's what began after my chiropractor's words. Is, um, so I cried out to God because he said, you're going to do this. And I was scared. You know, I can get emotional even at this moment because I was scared. And I was going to be a failure again and I didn't want to do this. And I didn't know. I felt like that dog who returns to his vomit. You know? And I don't know how to get beyond this God. I don't know why I returned to smoking. 
So God began to take me on a journey to show me why, why I smoked. And you know, I went through uh, some um, bad stuff as a kid. And it began at the age of five when I started smoking. And God began to show me all of these things that had happened in my life. And my cigarettes were my best friend. I trusted them more than I trusted God. I trusted them to always be there. So when you think of when you're angry and you want to talk to your best friend, or when you're hurt, when you're sick, when you're scared, when you're happy, when you're partying, when you want dessert... You know, it's like uh, my cigarettes were that for me. I trusted them. They were my faithful best friend. And God exposed that and dealt with a lot of the issues connected to that one-on-one with me. And um, then he told me I needed to look that my best friend was just diagnosed with a terminal illness and only had X number of weeks to live and I was going to be saying goodbye and burying my best friend. Hmm. Now, what happened is I went back to my chiropractor and I prayed and my spiritual birthday from being born above, I said to my chiropractor, if I can do it, On this day, God is preparing me and I'll be ready. And it was no, it was a weekend. And my chiropractor opened up on a weekend for my spiritual birthday of uh, 20 years to give me blue laser therapy to quit smoking. Why did God not deliver me miraculously again? I can't tell you. And I was sad and I was heartbroken and I was fearful of what life would look like without my friend. Mm -hmm. And I smoked as many cigarettes as I could on the half an hour from my home to the chiropractor to spend as much time with my friend as I could. (laughs) And I, you know, stomped out my cigarette in that parking lot. And whatever was left, I left in the garbage can in that office and I had blue laser therapy. And it was really hard, the grieving process. It wasn't, I had zero withdrawal, zero withdrawal. But man, I missed my friend. And it's been 11 years. And I got to tell you, and God knows the inside of me better than I know myself. And I know I still miss my best friend. And if anything, I I tell people straight up that, you know, it's my husband's disapproval that keeps me from smoking. Not that he's controlling, but I don't want to disappoint him. Mm -hmm. Interestingly to me, I don't have that for my heavenly father. Not in this instant. Because if something happened... I can't promise you that I wouldn't smoke again because I still miss my friend. Mm-hmm. If you had the opportunity to be with a loved one again, would you take it? Absolutely. 
So that's still there. But that is how I believe that each individual person, whether it be food, whether it be smoking, whatever that is that we are attached to for fulfilling a need, we all got messed up differently. And God will lead us individually differently to get us free from the lies we believe. That's right. That's my faith coaching to the ultimate coach. So in a coaching session, how would that look between you and your client? Number one, prayer. Yes. Number two is, again, it's that, why are you afraid of that? Mm -hmm. It's the digging. And it's the, and I believe 100% that it's not just my questions that do the digging. I don't even believe most of the time they are my questions. Sometimes I don't want to ask them any more than the client wants to hear them. Um, but it's Holy Spirit. It's Holy Spirit. And, you know, both client and myself have to be open to let that flow happen in the anointing. And, you know, it's vulnerable. It is, uh, you know, it can be very emotional. It can be a little scary sometimes. When, when, the, when Holy Spirit puts his finger on something and says, you know, you think it's food or you think it's cigarettes, but it is trust. Mm. It is how you view yourself as ugly. Yep. It's as you see yourself as a failure. It's, it's what your parents said to you when you were two. Right. It's all about exposing the root that um, caused you to turn to that. Absolutely. And so I think, I think Holy Spirit always does the work. How you get to the point of, a, of, of opening yourself up to allow Holy Spirit to do the work is, is where coaching comes in. Yes. Right? Um, I would do it through, you know, inv- having you investigate your thinking about yourself and stuff. Holy Spirit works through that. For sure. Uncovering. For sure. I've experienced Um, it. Whether you do it through uh, prayer and, and, you know, investigating where, where this all started from, you know, asking God to show you either way. um, I think that being stuck, addicted to something or, or relying on something for comfort or for, to feel the need, really, that God should be filling in your life, which is what food does for an overeater, or cigarettes do for a smoker, or marijuana does to, to someone who uses marijuana. Any of those things that we substitute to fill the spaces that God needs to fill. I mean, that starts somewhere in your past. It starts somewhere in your psyche. And... The way to get past that stuck point is not just to force yourself not to eat those things, not to force yourself to exercise, not to force yourself to not have a cigarette. 
you have to dig down and find out why that's important to you. Where did that start? And start to heal um, from the root up. Absolutely. Right? Because that's the only way you're ever going to be really free from it. And coaching can really help you do that. It's not something you can do on your own because, I mean, the defeat and the discouragement and the frustration comes from always trying to do it on your own. That's right. Leaves us stuck in overwhelm. That's right. They go together. They kind of go together. So we've looked at two different stuck points today. And, um, and as you can see, I mean, we get stuck by really deep things. And lots of times we don't even realize it's stuck. It's not, it's not obvious to us that it's a stuck point. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, when you're in overwhelm, it's hard to see where the stuck point is. You just see the result of being stuck. When you are addicted to something or you're trapped in being overweight or, or being addiction, addicted to something, it's hard to see the root of your stuck point. Yes. Coaching helps you to kind of wade through the mire and get to truth. Yes. Right? And then it helps you to figure out what to do with that truth and the direction you want to go. Yes. And it helps you to stay on track and keep pushing through. And that's the benefit of having a coach walk alongside you. Being part of your team. Being part of your team. Well said. So if this podcast has struck a nerve for you today, if it resonates with you, um, we want to encourage you to reach out to us. Um, our, we both have websites that you can contact us on. Uh, my website is www.wildflowerwomen.ca. And mine is www.633-wakeup.com. Our emails are both in the show notes of this podcast. If you want to go that way, shoot us an email. You know, even if all we do is just discuss, you know, what we could do for you. Um, we both offer free introductory get-to-know-you sessions. It costs you nothing to reach out to us. Um, so if we can help you, that's what we want to do. Yes. Right now, we will just want to bless you for being part of this podcast, for listening to us today. Um, we want to bless you for doing your part. Pass this on to somebody else that you think it might help. Um, leave us some comments in the comment section. Um, we're always looking for feedback. So until next time, be blessed and be a blessing.